Hi there, my name is Wade Murray. Welcome to the Great Green North Podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything about lawns with a Canadian twist. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Alright, so welcome back all to the Great Green North Podcast, episode number five. It's been a while, guys. It has definitely been a while, but I'm glad to be back finally doing the, another podcast episode for all of you. Um, couple updates right off the button here. Um, number one, sorry about the time I was gone. Uh, I was in vacation out west in the great province of Saskatchewan, and I was also in vacation down south uh, in Niagara Falls, Ontario. Uh, very nice, relaxing vacations. Kind of my uh, last point to do it before the season uh, changes. So uh, I had to go and do it before everything gets busy. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I work seasonal work as well. I'm a carpenter. I built decks. So not only does lawn season get busy around this time, but uh, my work gets busy again. I go back to work full time. So a couple of housekeeping items off the bat here. Number one, um, I've ended subscription episodes uh, for the Great Crew North podcast for the time being. Um, just because I'm not going to be able to record as many podcasts as I really hoped. So um, all this is going to be free for all of y'all to come in here and listen to the podcast. You can listen on YouTube or anywhere else that you get a podcast. Um, but if you would like to support the show, if you feel so inclined that you'd like to support Kirk or North or support the show, you can do that through my Patreon. So... Uh, I've had a Patreon for a couple years now for the channel, so I'm just going to channel everything through there. If you would like to support us, please go do that through the Patreon. Um, another update here is that of uh, the upload schedule. Uh, now that we're getting into the busy season, um, this is going to be become more of a monthly podcast. Um, I'm gonna tr- I'm trying to get more heavy into my video upload schedule this year. I would like to definitely get at least one video a week. So every month you'll get a Cracker North podcast coming out here, kind of with the updates of everything that happened last month and then addressing some of your questions. So this is still coming to you guys just once a month instead of once a week now that the busy season's coming in here. All right, so getting into it. Uh, a lot has happened since I was gone. I kind of left uh, just before the season began to heat up, and now everything's heating up. Um, the lawn season is here for a lot of the southern U.S. and transition zones. I know for those of you who have warm season grasses, um, your season is definitely heating up. You've already hit your spring. Everything's growing. Everything's recovering from some of those nasty frosts you guys had in January. But for those of you anywhere, parts of Washington, Oregon, Utah, Colorado, Kansas, and Oklahoma, you guys are all starting to hit that 50 degree mark. Uh, your soil temperatures are coming up, and it's going to be go time soon for the lawn. Everything is warming up there. The seasons is changing, and spring is here. Everywhere else around those neighboring areas um you guys are definitely getting close to go time it, it, the season is very close to beginning for you guys as well um i'm seeing a major warm-up since the last time well the last time i recorded a podcast all of the u.s was frozen including florida now most of the u.s is warming up obviously here in canada we're still quite 
cold. Um, we warm up after the U.S., obviously, because we're farther north. Um, but where I live in southern Ontario, we should hopefully be getting um, spring weather coming this week. We're supposed to have a couple days, 16, 17 degrees, or 70 and 80, depending on uh, my American friends down there. And uh, I did get to see the lawn for the first time last week. Now it is currently covered in another three inches of snow, but I did get to see the lawn for a decent bit last week, so I'm going to be talking about that uh, coming up here too. Um, everything, everything is warming up. Spring is coming. Everything's going. So for those of you, quick warning for those of you who are in these areas that are warming up, start thinking about pre-emergence. Now, the supply chain has been messed up considerably. I'm sure anybody who's gone to buy anything knows that this is an issue. And because of the growing season that uh, grass seed providers had last year, which was a very rough one, as you know, it was a very dry throughout most of the Midwestern United States, um, it's going to be difficult to find grass seed this year as well as any sort of other products. Um, the pandemic has kind of caused a boom in the lawn care market. There's a lot of people taking it stuff into their own hands, taking the lawn more seriously because they're not on vacation. They're actually home. So it is going to be more difficult to find pre-emergence this year than it was last year so maybe if you're looking at applying a pre-emergent you guys should start looking to find it now even though you're not going to be doing it for maybe another month but it'd be good to have those chemicals on hand and for those of you who use prodiamine um, I've heard there are major shortages in prodiamine so you might not even be able to get that this year that's not a worry you can use other chemicals you can use uh you know other pre-emergence and if you want to use the corn gluten pre-emergent you can use that as well so that's what i'm using up here you can use tenacity stuff that we can't get up here i have to use corn gluten because i don't have access to the chems that my american friends do so just another thing start thinking ahead about what you need for the season because as everything is nowadays it's very difficult to get stuff in a shorter notice stuff that you used to be able to easily get and uh, it might be easier just to go ahead and uh, buy it ahead of time to make sure that you have it because you might need a bit of a search to go and find it so without further ado i think that's pretty much it for the quick list of housekeeping items we had off the top of the podcast so uh, let's get in to the update segment. Let's tell you what's going on in my lawn. All right, so forgive me if I sound a little tired today. Uh, daylight savings time just happened today and uh, it's messing me up a ton. But daylight savings time is good because it does mean that you're going to have more time to spend on the lawn the later in the evening you go. So, Without further ado, uh, as I said, I was on vacation for about two weeks. Uh, I was in Saskatchewan uh, for a week and a bit, and then I was in Niagara Falls. I only came back for about one day, and when I actually got out of Niagara Falls, um, I did come home and was able to see the lawn. Uh, I recorded a couple videos outside that you guys will be seeing in the next coming up, upcoming weeks, and the lawn looked amazing. The lawn has looked looked better than um, it has looked over the last two years. Um, the color was really great. Um, my fall fertilizer last year definitely helped show the color. I did fertilize a little late last year, but 
we had a lot of warm weather into the late season last year, so I think that helped um, with that late fertilizer, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, the biggest thing that I think I did was uh, moving my cut slightly lower because last year, for those of you who have been around the channel for a while, know that uh, the snow mold issues I had last year were not not good. Um, I had a ton of snow mold uh, in and around the backyard, uh, pretty much littered everywhere, especially where the snow banks were. It was like one of the thickest, worst years of snow mold I've seen. And that was caused by a storm we had uh, just around Christmas where it poured rain for two days straight and then transitioned to snow. And then we got 25 centimeters of snow uh, all in a week. And that was what caused the snow mold because the moisture underneath the wet soil being frozen by the hard snow on top caused that issue. But I was expecting because we had so much snow this year that snow mold was going to be a larger issue. But it was considerably cold. Our average temperature for January was minus 17 degrees. So um, we are looking... Uh, that there's not going to be any snow mold. I don't think the pathogens and the moisture would have been allowed to live at that point. Pretty much the ground is frozen almost two feet down now. So I don't think that that is a major issue. So I didn't see any snow mold, which I was very happy about. Now, I haven't been able to see underneath the snow banks yet to see if snow mold has formed under there. Normally, that's where a lot of the snow mold tends to form because that's where the snow is sitting for the longest period of time and there's a lot of ice buildup that happens in those snowbanks as things freeze and thaw and then there's also all the salt and stuff that comes off the road that sits in those snowbanks so that's normally where the most damage that we see is so um that is what i'm looking forward to when those finally melt which probably won't be for another two or three weeks yet because um we are still cold uh even though we're supposed to be warm this week those snowbanks are four feet tall uh, this winter, so they're not melting anytime soon. Um, and I just had to shovel the driveway again the last two days and add more stuff to it. So it's definitely something that's not coming soon. But looking in the backyard, little to no snow mold. A lot of the grass was not matted at all, which is another problem I've had over the couple of years. But this year, I actually got down to the 2.5 inches that I recommend at the end of the season, which is really good it seems to have caused a lot less issues uh, for those of you who follow my program you know i recommend starting and ending the season at two and a half inches for your cut uh, this is to prevent winter damage and this is what i'm talking about that two and a half inch mark stopped this winter damage from uh, forming so uh, normally for me the fall is a very busy time um, there's a lot of content that I have to make. Work is uh, extremely packed because we're heading near to the end of the season. We need to get things done as well as uh, I do about 120 leaf bags uh, in my house. So normally by after Thanksgiving, um, the lawn takes less of a priority and everything transitions to leaves. And sometimes I don't, I'm not able to get that final cut done. Uh, before we get the leaves because there's more of a focus on the leaves than there is on the cutting of the lawn so that's normally a big big issue so what we're looking at here 
is um, still decently cold currently. So looking ahead, uh, we're still decently cold currently. Um, we are sitting around minus six today, but we will be warming up into next week. Um, I believe we're supposed to get up to around 15 degrees mid next week, which will be welcomed by me. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to see more and more of the lawn. Where I live, for those folks in southern Ontario, um, it is time to... This, this is a very false start spring oriented area. We get a lot of false starts, fake starts to our spring where everything kind of kicks off and then it freezes again and we get a lot of that swing back and forth because of the Great Lakes and the way that they control our weather patterns. So um, I'm not getting too excited about anything yet and I would encourage all of you to wait. Our winter is never done till April. So you need to be careful making sure that you're waiting until April. You're not seeing any major issues coming in here or else you're going to end up causing more damage by, you know, raking plants or planting plants before the ground is even ready. Um, even though the snow is gone, the first six inches is thawed, but below that is still definitely frozen. So nothing is going to be growing here anytime soon for me, but 18 degrees on Thursday sounds like a beautiful day uh, to do some lawn work and some yard work. 13 degrees on Wednesday. Um, sitting around the four, four, eight degree mark for looks like what the better part of next week is generally welcomed by me. It's going to be a great week and hopefully I can't wait to get back on the lawn doing some spring stuff, um, and getting into that. Uh, another thing that happened, uh, just after, just before I left, for those of you who don't know, I installed my own irrigation system last year. And um, this year, uh, I am doing some upgrades to the system. So I made my order uh, to, uh, through Irrigation Direct uh, Canada, and I just received it a couple days ago. So what we're going to be doing in the system is we're going to be adding a full manifold, which I didn't currently have. I just had a timer running it. So it's going to be a full man manifold with Hunter uh, valves with solenoids. It's, everything's going to be powered by the Hunter X2 with HydroWise. Um, so we're going to be installing all that. I'll make some videos about that. As well as we're adding two more zones with some PGP, ro or, uh, sorry, some uh, MP rotators. As well as uh, another row of the Rainbird 5000 heads to cover a spot of my lawn that was currently being missed uh, with the install last year. So... All those parts came in. Uh, very excited about that. Very excited to try out HydroWise. I've heard amazing things about it and how well it works, how it connects directly to your weather system. So I'm very excited to try HydroWise and everything like that. And I'm looking forward to doing that. So hopefully, um, if the weather stays the way it is, that install might be able to happen early April before we charge the system. Um, but the system will probably be charged about mid-April if the weather stays warm enough and seasonally warm which is similar to last year excuse me sorry once again daylight savings time got me all screwed up um as I said things coming up the installation of the extended fixes on my irrigation system charging the irrigation system uh looking forward to finally getting some spring cleanup in the gardens and around the yard some of the winter stuff that needs to be cut back annual grasses all that stuff 
and looking forward to get some raking done in the lawn soon before the pre-emergent which will be going down when my soil temps hit 50 degrees. My soil temps that I took the other day before the snow were sitting around 34. So uh, we're still very cold, just below, just above freezing. And in fact, if I put the thermometer in all the way, about six inches, we were still at freezing. We we're about 32 degrees. So nothing's considerably warm yet where I am. But I did get a chance to look at the lawn. Looked great. Great color. Great winter domination. Very happy with the way everything's going. So without further ado, I think it's time to get into the question segment. I've had a lot of questions come in through the channel over the last couple of days about pre-emergence. We're going to be talking about pre-emergence, raking, everything like that. So without further ado, let's get into that. All right, so if you got this is the question and answer segment. This is a segment where I answer your questions that you all have submitted um, over the last couple of weeks. If you would like to submit a question or get your own question answered, you can submit it to my website, greatcrewnorthlawncare.ca. You can submit it to my email, greatcrewnorthlawncare at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment on this video or on Spotify or on YouTube and I'll make sure to answer it. I also answer most of my other YouTube questions through this platform as well as in written form. So if you have a question, leave it on whatever YouTube video you you would like and it will most likely get answered. So without further ado, let's get into some of the questions. So the first question, the first thing that I just want to touch on before we kind of get into the deep questions is pre-emergence. So there's lots of questions about pre-emergent. So first, let's start. What is a pre-emergent? A pre-emergent is a uh, herbicide that gets put on the soil that basically creates a chemical barrier to stop the weeds that weeds cannot penetrate, to stop the weeds from germinating pre-emergent before the weeds emerge. Uh, so this can be sprayed. It can be applied in a granular. Um, most of the time, it's sprayed. But Scott's halts would be considered a pre-emergent. Um, corn gluten is pre-emergent. And most of the time, prodiamine in cool season lawns is the main uh, chemical used for pre-emergence, the main active ingredient. So that is also the active ingredient in Scott's halts. So um, what I get in a lot of questions about is either uh, when do I put down pre-emergence? What is my what pre-emergence should I put down? I can't find pre-emergence, all that stuff. So first, when should you put down your pre-emergent? You should put down your pre-emergent as soon as soil temps hit a sustained 50 degrees. So you don't want to wait until soil temps can get up to 50 degrees if you have a really warm day and then they can drop again. So you know what your weather patterns are like. If soil temps have hit 50 degrees and you're in what you think is spring, then it's time to put down your pre-emergent you put it down on whatever the bag rate says, uh, and that will give you protection against spring and summer uh, annual weeds such as crabgrass if you're using prodiamine. Um, it will also give you protection against some broadleaf weeds um, and will overall help keep the weeds down in your lawn. Now, it's not foolproof. Things will still get through, and that's when you get into post-emergent herbicides, which you can spray after the fact to control the weeds. But for pre-emergence, that's what you, I mean, and when I say it's go time, 
that means that it's time to go and put down your pre-emergence. So a lot of times you want to try to get your raking or any sort of mechanical dethatching down before you put down your pre-emergent and then you can go and put down your pre-emergent. Another thing as well, if you are planning on seeding in the spring, you cannot seed at the same time that you've applied a pre-emergent unless you apply tenacity at the seeding rate, which is a completely another thing that we're not going to get into. But in basic, you can't seed at the same time that you apply pre-emergent. So you need to decide your two courses of action this spring. You're either going to focus on spring seeding, which I would not recommend, and trying to strengthen your lawn that way. Most of the time, I would only recommend spring seeding if you're trying to start a lawn or if you have patches that you're trying to fill in. Secondly, you can apply your pre-emergent. You don't do any spring seeding. You focus on fertilizing and thickening the lawn, and you do your seeding in the fall for your fall renovation. This would be the plan that I would recommend more often. Now, coming up to pre-emergence in Canada, I got a question. I know California has a lot of laws similar to Canada's chemical bans. It says tenacity is not legal in California, or at least they don't want to ship it to me. What else is a good option that's allowed in California? Most likely plant-friendly. So we're talking about tenacity. Tenacity is the only pre-emergent that can be applied at the same time as seeding, or at least the main one that can be applied at the same time as seeding. And uh, to basically tenacity is a bleach. It kills weeds that way. Um, but if you cannot find tenacity or your regular pre-emergent, there is one natural option, and this is the only option that we can use here in Canada, and it's called corn gluten. Um, it's a byproduct off the production of corn via commercial farming. And basically what it is, is it creates kind of like a thick, slimy barrier on the surface that helps stop weeds from germinating. Um, the way this works, it works the same way as when farmers have to till a cornfield before they plant beans into it the next season. That's because this corn gluten byproduct has formed on the soil, which has caused this, this natural barrier to stop from emerging. Now, the only thing hold up with corn gluten, it does have to be applied at an extremely heavy rate. Um, I believe that the rate is almost... I think it's 25 pounds per thousand square feet or per 2,000 square feet. It's very heavy. Um, and uh, the bags uh, don't only, so if you have a large yard, you're going to need a lot of material to cover it. As well as this, it also has natural products because it is a natural product. It does have N, P, and K in it. So when you apply it, uh, you're going to get almost a full pound in of nitrogen. Now that is slow release. But that may affect any fertilizer that you're trying to do in the future. Um, it is slow release, so it's not going to be like your synthetic Scott fertilizer that's going to hit it with the nitrogen as soon as it comes out. But it is something to think about um, when you're applying that. So, But if you are looking at seeding and you can't find tenacity or you can't get tenacity, don't worry about pre-emergence at the time of seeding. Honestly... I have never had a seeding product where it gets overtaken by weeds um, before the seed can become established. What you can do is you can overseed, prepare that soil properly so you're not going to be getting weeds into it. Um, if you're really concerned about weeds, you can sod. Sod does help stop weeds more than seed because you already get a great start. Um, I have a video about doing sod patches on my channel as well. Um, as soon as you sod that in, um, then you can 
uh, apply post-emergent herbicides in only six to eight weeks after seeing seeding, but make sure that you follow the directions on the label for whatever that product says. Normally, we'll tell you what when you can apply it after your seeding. So what I'd recommend is focus on the seeding, forget about the weeds, and you can take care of the weeds later. You can either pull them by hand or apply some sort of post-emergent herbicide uh, after the seed has emerged. Another question, can you share your recommendations on specific products? I'm mostly concerned about pre and post emergent herbicides that you can use in Canada. So when we're talking about pre emergent herbicides, what I just said, corn gluten is pretty much the only one that you can get at least in Ontario. I know that some of the more agricultural provinces such as Saskatchewan, you can get tenacity, but it can be difficult to find. But Corn gluten is a very easy product to access and it's very cheap. That is your best go-to pre-emergent for us here in Ontario. When we're talking about post-emergent herbicides, um, there are a couple that you can still access in Ontario. Uh, you can get Fiesta, which is a iron-based post-emergent herbicide. Um, it's not as effective as the 2,4-D or the original Killex brand of post-emergent herbicides, but it is useful. Um, basically, the way that it works is it, uh, it burns the, the weeds out from the inside by pushing too much iron into them. Um, this is called Fiesta. You can find it over the counter. I believe it is the main active ingredient in uh, Scott's Weed Be Gone. Um, not as effective. Normally, you need two or three applications to use it, but it is something that you can still access here in Ontario, and it will work. If you can get Fiesta from your far farm supply store by concentrate, it will have a higher concentration than Scott's Weed Be Gone, and it will most likely be more effective. This is all we sprayed when I worked for the lawn care company, um, as well as this... Uh, Everything to do with post-emergent herbicides in the more agricultural provinces outside, you can still get, uh, you know, your 2,4-D or your dithiopyr. You can still get those um, in Saskatchewan, Alberta, Manitoba. Sometimes if you go to a farm supply store in a more farming uh, located community, you might be able to get find 2,4-D concentrates still here in Ontario, but Fiesta would be my main recommendation of uh, what to use uh, in your lawn. So that is my recommendation for you. Another question I had about pre-emergent. Uh, by putting 5 pounds per thousand, you're putting 0.4 pounds of nitrogen per thousand square feet. Is that because you want that amount of nitrogen in your lawn so it doesn't burn your lawn too? We normally want to not exceed over one pound of nitrogen per thousand square feet. That is correct. Based on the bag, 57 pounds per 1,000 square feet, we're essentially putting 4.6 pounds of nitrogen per thousand square feet, which would burn the lawn. Is this what you decided to put five pounds of product per thousand square feet instead of what's recommended on the bag? I know you repeatedly mentioned it's not synthetic and it won't burn the lawn, but I don't get how you came up with the 5,000 square foot number, which is 10 times less than what's written on the recommended bag. Thanks for your clarification. So this is referring to the pre-emergence. So the corn gluten product, as I said, it has a bag rate of almost 40 pounds per thousand square feet, which is a lot of material. Um, a lot of spreaders won't even go that high. Um, so what they're talking about is it can be done in multiple apps so you can do it in two apps uh spread uh about a week apart 
corn gluten also as i said here is a natural product it's slow release it's not synthetic so putting it down at the bag rate of almost four pounds per thousand won't burn the lawn you will see a lot of material in the lawn but it won't burn the lawn because it's slow release so the nitrogen is going to be released over about a three month period at, at a slow rate so you're not going to see any burning by putting it down at that rate but that rate still does seem alarmingly high for me and a little bit unnecessary. What I did in this specific scenario was I bought two bags and I wanted those bags to cover my entire backyard and that was the bag rate I was going for. This obviously did not provide me with the highest level of protection but it still provided me with enough protection that I could get my pre-emergent down and that's what I ended up doing with corn, corn gluten that time. I was not going to go and buy uh, I, I have uh, 22,000 square feet, so I would have to buy uh, 22 bags of this pre-emergent to cover my entire lawn. So I'm not going to do that. So that's why I did what I did. I bought two bags, applied it evenly across the entire lawn, and it did work. It helped stop. Obviously, it didn't help stop everything, but it did work. And it also has that, as he said, the 0.5 a pound in of nitrogen, which is what I wanted because later I was applying two and a half pounds of nitrogen in my fertilizer, which would give me an overall three pounds per thousand of nitrogen, which is what I was looking for uh, in that application. So that's what I would like to see with that. Finally, this is not a question, but there's just something I want to quickly address here. Um, people with raking their lawns. So um, it was almost 19 degrees uh, on the weekend, and I was in Niagara Falls, and it was not uh, a 19 degree. It, it was minus 2 the day before and minus 2 the following day. So the 19 degrees was basically a giant hunk of humidity that came in off the Great Lakes. It was a big thunderstorm. Uh, it was not uh, a very sustained weather pattern. However, when I was driving to Niagara Falls, I saw these people out raking their grass because they thought, oh, it's warm, it's 19 degrees, time to go rake the thatch out of the lawn. Um, I just got to say something about this. This seems to be coming a new pattern. Whenever I drive around, I see people raking their grass, trying to clean out their grass. Um, on the 1st of March, just going ham. All you're doing at this point is you're actually ripping out currently living grass. You're ripping the blades off the crowns. Just because it's brown doesn't mean it's dead. The grass is still connected to the crown of the plant, and the brown will grow out when the grass begins growing, and you will cut it off with your mower. You can't start raking or dethatching your grass until everything is dried out and the grass is actually growing, which is not going to be happening here for at least another month. So can I please encourage people to refrain from going ham and raking and dethatching their grass super early in the season? It's not time to do it. You have to wait till at least, at least stuff dries out and wait till at least temperatures are warm enough that the grass is actively growing because all you're doing then is you're just ripping out perfectly healthy grass, which is not going to get you anywhere. Yes, you can go out and do some light raking to get rid of snow mold, matted grass, stuff like that. But that's light raking, and even then, I would still wait until the grass is decently active and, and the, the temperatures have stabilized. It snowed two days later, and that guy was out there raking his lawn, trying to take care of it, and I don't understand what it, he was trying to achieve. So that's all I have to say about that. 
but that's my little PSA here, my little rant. Please stop breaking your grass super early in the season. I don't know where this idea of that you go and rake your grass first thing in the season came from. It's the stupidest thing, um, but uh, yes, please stop doing that. It's not getting you anywhere. It's actually hurting you more than it's helping you. So without further ado, I think that's it for the question segment. So now let's get into the final segment of the show, which is successes and failures. All right, so welcome to successes and failures. This is the segment in the show where I tell you successes and failures I've had uh, from my previous experiences in the lawn and what has worked and not worked. So first we're looking at cutting the the biggest success I have had uh, that I've decided to pick this week is uh, following my own rules for winter and cutting my grass at 2.5 inches um, to solve all my issues in the winter. And it did. So for the longest time, I've always encouraged people to slowly ease their height of cut down in the fall to 2.5 inches before the winter to help stop with winter kill, matted grass, snow mold, all those issues, voles, everything making nests in your lawn and over the winter, you don't want that. So the best thing to do is to drop that cut of height. You'll see less damage and the grass will be more healthy over the winter. And I always encourage people to do it and I never ended up getting to it myself. As I said earlier in the podcast, I would get overwhelmed in the winter or in the fall. I would get very busy. Uh, the Christmas lights start going up. I'm dealing with leaves and yard cleanup and there's a lot of things that need to be done before the snow flies here, which sometimes can be sooner than is really wanted or expected, which can lead to issues. So what I normally ended up doing was getting it down to maybe three inches, sometimes 2.75. And that was causing issues. Uh, last year we had, I had some of the worst snow mold issues I'd ever had. My entire lawn was riddled with snow mold. I had to go rake it out in early in the season and all the issues solved themselves. I never had any sort of major die off from, you know, not cutting the grass low enough, but, uh, this, year has definitely been significantly better uh, i haven't seen a single spot of snow mold yet um, which was very good considering last year it was riddled with it now this is also a seasonal thing but the lower height of cut definitely helped i'm seeing less winter die off burning of the blades and such um, i'm seeing less matted hunks of grass less grass laying over overall the grass looks a lot healthier and it looks a lot ready to bounce back as soon as it gets a little fertilizer, it gets a little pre-emergent, a little water coming into the spring. So this is definitely a success. Cutting your grass 2.5 inches before the winter will save you a whole lot of work and pain coming in the spring when you have more issues from having tall laid over grass. Um, and, it, and it will stay laid over. Um, my neighbor's lawn one year um, that I cut, I didn't get to cutting it before the season ended and i think it was left at about four inches over the winter and uh it, there was a lot of matted spots that were lying over and they just died out she she has a lawn care company take care of the spraying and everything 
and all I do is mowing. I don't do any dethatch or anything. And um, it, uh, yeah, the the matted areas took almost till June before they actually recovered because the grass was so matted, it, it smothered itself out and it smothered other parts of itself out as well. So that's definitely something that is very important that you need to keep in mind uh, is that making sure that you're dropping that cut of height will save you so many issues uh, in the future. Next, my failure uh, was last year, as I said, leaving the height of cut too high. And the snow mold issues were, were, were crazy. They were everywhere. Um, I had so much snow mold in my backyard that it looked like um, I had just had all these brown spots. There, there was more brown than green. Um, and this was because my height of cut was just purely too high. Uh, the matted grass everywhere. Um, I just went raking and raking and raking. And the dethatch was heavy, heavy, heavy. I took so much out because... There was just so much matted stuff that uh, the oxygen wasn't able to get in and stuff wasn't able to breathe. And, uh, yeah, there's definitely issues caused by this. And uh, the grass itself um, is very, very matted, or was very, very matted um, throughout the entire backyard. And um, it caused a lot of extra work, unnecessary work in the spring, getting rid of the snow mold. Um, and it, and it, the green up, too, did take longer. Um it greened up on the side that was cut shorter, faster than it did on the rest of the backyard. And this year, I think my green up will be more consistent, especially when I hit hard with that fertilizer. Everything should hopefully bounce back uh, a lot more consistent. So that's my successes and failures. Make sure that you drop your height of cut before winter because that will most definitely give you way less headaches uh, than it ended up giving me. So without further ado, thank you guys for listening to episode number five of the Great Green North podcast. Um, I support everything, everybody. Thank you for supporting. Um, we're getting very busy into the spring season. Lots of great videos coming out. Obviously, the ultimate spring lawn guide is started on the channel. Um, that will be an, uh, a five-episode series coming up soon. Uh, film the entire thing. Uh, there'll be an episode coming out next week as well as more to do with spring lawn care and everything that you guys have if you have any questions feel free to send them in on my website my email greekernorthlawncare.gmail.com you can submit them on youtube or you can submit them in the comments down below on spotify and thank you guys for listening and uh, as always I hope you guys are having a great season. Everything's getting warm and picked up for you guys. And uh, as always, guys, keep it great. The Great Green North podcast is written and hosted by Wade Murray. Great Green North can be found on YouTube at Great Green North Lawn Care. We can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and we would encourage you guys to hit subscribe on all any podcast platform that you're on right now. We'll be coming at you every week with weekly episodes of the Great Green North podcast. And as always, thank you guys for listening, and thank you for keeping it green. <laughs>